Hey everybody, what's up? This is your host Sugar Ray, and you are now tuned in to the Black Men Working Podcast. Today's guest is someone who I've watched and admired for a very long time. Um, I've admired him for his commitment, for his dedication to his craft, and just for how flat out funny he is, man. This brother has made me laugh, to my stomach hurt, to my jaw hurt, man. He is great, and I am honored to have him with me today in studio. Mr. Must See, Kareem Green, everybody. Let's give it up for Brother Kareem Green, man. Peace. Hey, everybody. We are here with Mr. Mussy, the legendary Kareem Green, man. I'm honored to have you here. Thank you for, first, thank you for just um, your gift, sharing your gift and your passion and your talents mm-hmm. with the world. You know, um, I think that's one of the greatest things that we can do is share our gifts with the world. So thank you for that. And thank you for taking the time to, uh, to sit down with me, man, and do this interview, man. Um, let's get right to it. Thanks um, for I- having me, bro. Yes, sir. I know you as a comedian, uh-huh. you know, um, but I know that you do so much more, man. Tell us a little bit about what do you do and how you got into it. <laughs> well, I do a little bit more. <laughs> so, so much. Well, I do some acting and also I do some writing and uh, and, and also the stand up uh, comedy, which got me into the acting and the writing, you know. Mm-hmm. So those are my basic, the, the trifecta of what I do, mm-hmm. you know. How'd you get into it? Like, what was first? Was you doing comedy first or was you acting first? How did that whole thing come about? Especially being a young black man from the hood. I know uh-huh. so many times um, a lot of us have dreams and goals and we aspire to be, you know, to do comedy professionally. Right. And it never pans out. So how did you get into it? And how did that whole thing jump off for you? Well, first, I'm not just from the hood. I'm from like the hood burb. So, <laughs> be, you know what I'm saying? Because okay. when I, I grew up, you know, I started out in the hood, like in Brooklyn. Uh, that was, well, I was born in the Bronx, but I don't remember none of that. That was like two weeks and I moved immediately to Brooklyn. Uh, you know, that's like after two weeks of being born. And then I, uh, I was in Brooklyn for four years. That's the first place I ever remember living. Uh, it was in, uh, in Bushwick on Gates Ave, you know? Um, and then after that, around four or five, I moved to Queensbridge. And then from five to nine, I went into foster homes. Mm. So, but in foster homes, I moved. You know, you, you live in suburbs, you live in like suburbs of Queens, and uh, I've lived in some hoods of Brooklyn and a little bit of Long Island. Um, so I'm basically, when people always say, where you from? I'm from mm-hmm. Brooklyn, Queens. Uh, I say Brooklyn, Queens, New York. You know? <laughs> but um, uh, comedy, I kept, honestly, I kept getting fired, man. I, I couldn't, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't hold on to a job because I, I would get bored. Mm. Like, that's one thing about I'd get bored. I mean, it's always fun at first, but then it becomes redundant. And then after a while, I was getting so hard to go to work because I, I was just like, a, uh, I'd wake up every morning. This is when I was living in Queensbridge. I was wake, I'd wake up, this is after the foster homes and everything. I'd wake up every morning and go, yo, Kareem, you, you, you got to go to work. You, you, you need this job. I had to talk myself out to bed. Wow. And then... When I get myself out the bed, because I'd, I'd use up all my sick days in the first <laughs> month, or the first month, like it was ridiculous. My sick days, my personal days, between a month and a half, I was done with my sick days. And per- so I had a whole year to had to ride, had to ride it out. No, I couldn't get sick. I couldn't nothing. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, that's how ridiculous I was with it. But um, uh, I've had uh, I had some jobs, but the thing is, I couldn't. I couldn't hold on to it, you know. I mean, I could have if I really, but also I get on the train, and when I get on the train, I'd uh, I'd be looking at everybody's face who's so miserable on the way to where they're going, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't want to be this every day. Mm-hmm. I don't want, you know, what I'm saying, I look at people, for, I don't want to be 
hating where I'm going every day. I got to figure something out, you know? So, um, I literally, I literally talk to myself. I talk to myself a lot. Um, cause sometimes it's just some of the best conversation I get all day, you know? So, uh, I was talking to myself and I was like, Kareem, what do you like to do? What do you like to do? What do you like to do? What would you do if you, even if you didn't get paid for it, what would you like to do? And I said, I love to make people laugh. Right. And then, um, I just started going on the hunt. I just went one day. I was like, all right, I'm gonna do it. I'll do it. It was, it always used to cross my mind before, but I never just had the bravery to do it. <laughs> you know, that was when I was, uh, when I first left Austin Homes and I was in Brooklyn. I would, it would be in my mind. I would, I would see something about a comedy show and I was going to go and I just didn't go. And I, I don't know. I was just tug of war, you know, just fear. But, um, you know, when, when it came to the jobs and I was just going through it, I was just like, yo, I got to figure something out, you know? And plus I had tried some other things too. I had tried, uh, I tried to go, I tried to go to the military. <laughs> For I real? Tried, yes. Yes. How old was you? I was like 20. 21. Wow. This is all happening. 21. I was about to go to the military. I signed up and everything. And then, um, because I also, too, I was going through this turmoil with, I had I had a child at 21, mm. like my daughter. And uh, I was working two jobs. And and me and my lady had broke up. It was my first love. Mm. So I was going through that emotionally, uh, working them two jobs, working in the daytime, <laughs> At, at this mechanic shop on Northern Boulevard. And then I was, <clears throat> it's like a mechanic and car dealer shop mixed together. And then at nighttime, I was working at uh, Kmart. Mm. And you're going through a heartbreak, and all, and all they played was country music <laughs> at night. So that shit was killing me. Wow. Like, you know, it was all, you know, country music is all I wish you were back type yeah. shit. And it was killing me, right? So, I was doing that. Then I started going to, um, what's this place called? Uh, TCI. Okay. So I was going to be a computer. What's this guy? A computer. The people who fix computers, basically. Computer, computer technician. technician. Yeah. yeah. I was doing all right. And then I had a B. I was like, all right, because computers are the wave of the future, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But then, you know, I had that other job that I had, that I was just telling you about, Amalgamated Life. You know, and I got one promotion. I was just so amped at it at first, but <laughs> after that, it was just like done. It was like, where do you go from here? I was like in the somewhat of the mail room, not really the mail room, but it was a print shop. You print stuff, and we would deliver the stuff. We letterheads and envelopes. So I was doing that stuff, but it ran. You know, it ran its course. It was nothing was new anymore. You know, uh, it became, as I said, redundant. Mm -hmm. So, so what happens is. Uh, you know, as I said, I had to figure out what I wanted to do, and I decided, uh, okay, I'm going to go try and do this. Uh, so I went to go try and do it. Uh, no, first I went to check it out. Mm -hmm. What, comedy show? Yeah, yeah, I went and checked out the comedy show. I went to go see I went to go see about two of them. Okay. Uh, I seen the first one. I was like, oh, all right, this is fun. This is dope. And then I went to go see another one, and then um, I was just like, all right. I asked the dude, I was like, yo, how do you start? How, how do you do this? You know, and the thing is, I never really thought about the money aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I never even thought about you can make a living off of this. Mm -hmm. I just, I wanted to do it. I just wanted to do it, you know. Um, And he's like, come next week. Um, I'm doing a, it's like a bringer show. That means you bring some people. Okay. To, you know, like all the comics bring some people. I'm the only comic who stood up, showed up, the newer comic. Wow. Right? You know what I'm saying? I'm the only one who showed up. I had like seven people. Um. There was other comics there. Um, they were they and they were from Def, from Def Jam and everything. Uh -huh. So I was like, you know, the only new one there. 
So they let me go on. I did well, you know, and it was tough because uh, not super tough, but it was tough because there was some lady in the front who was kind of drunk. And at first she was lightly heckling me, you know, getting heckled on your first uh, is tough, you know, but by the end of me being done, she was like, yeah, you know, she was nice. a fan of mine. Yeah. She was like, yeah, she loved me. Um, uh, and the, all the guys who were on Def Jam, they were sitting in the front and they had their hands out, like wow. gave me dap. It was just like, yo, it was just like a, a great moment. I remember. Nice. I still know some of the guys today. What was that yeah. first club? What was that first location you did the uh, show? It was called Fahrenheit. Nice. Because urban comedy, like they, they creep, like, you know, racism is everywhere, mm -hmm. right? And they always try to either marginalize us or shut us out in certain situations. In every situation. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it be fashion, whether it be whatever job, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just everywhere. It's, it's ingrained in the fabric of America. So, even in comedy. Entertainment, rather, I would just say. So, what happens was, I go to... Uh, uh, so, you know, the, the urban black people started creating... We always create a way. So, they created the urban circuit. And that's basically going to some club... Asking them, can they have a night for us to do comedy, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, that's where a lot of the guys who you see on Def Jam and all these other places were trained at. We we had to create our own place to do our thing. So that's kind of where I started at. Nice. So in a place we called Fahrenheit, it was in Manhattan off of, uh, I think that's Broadway. Somewhere downtown on Broadway, look, under Canal Street, you know, so it was on the lower... Part, not far from what was the uh, World Trade Center at mm -hmm. the time, the original World Trade Center. Mm -hmm. So I did that show, and then after that show, um, I bombed for like a year. Wow. Yes, yes. It really? Was, yes, it's a tough. year. But I wasn't at back at that show. Yeah, I went back at that show, yes, yes. And then I bombed at that same show, but it was a full audience oh, that time. Oh, my time. goodness. Was you nervous? Yes, yes, it was good because it was a full. I was nervous on the first one too, but that one was a full audience. Yeah. Like so, it was like packed. crazy. It's packed. Wow. Right. So wait, let me ask you before you go forward. That first show, the seven people that you brought with you, mm -hmm. what was their response? Because this this is your first show now, right? Did they know yeah. that you was into comedy prior to that show, or was it well, a surprise? They all knew I was funny, funny. Okay. but they didn't know I was gonna. You know, this was my first time trying. It, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they all just came. You know, whatever it is. Um. So they came, and you know what I'm saying, and it, and it was them, but it was a few other people too. Mm -hmm. So the people who were there, they laughed. I don't think the people who knew me laughed that much, probably, because the thing about people who know you, they know how you're funny and how funny you are. Mm -hmm. So when you're starting to try to put it on stage and structure it, it's it's not always as funny as it would be Got with it. your other natural funny. Yeah. That, you know, so you're trying to figure out how to put your natural funny into into it basically format it, you know. Okay. You know, because the other natural funny is just on the fly. Yeah. The things that are happening. You don't have nothing written. Yeah. You hang with your friends yeah. and just create, you know, create. Mm -hmm. um, but then when you try to structure stuff to talk about, mm -hmm. so now first you got to figure out what's interesting enough to talk about or whatever. And at 21, you didn't got that much interesting. You know, mm -hmm. you just came out of high school. You not just came out, but you knew you're out of high school. You Still you know, basically, you still yeah, a kid. Yeah, you haven't lived life. You ain't yeah. really been nowhere, haven't done much, unless your parents were very financially off yeah. and you've done a lot of things. But other than that, you haven't um, experienced enough to really, uh, well, whatever you would talk about would be 
closer to a younger person's mind mm-hmm. than an, uh, adult. an adult. Yeah, you know, and you're definitely, in, and you're in an adult club. Definitely. So talk about you said after the first show mm-hmm. for the next year you bombed. It was oh yeah it, it for the tough. next year I was going to other clubs and at first I bombed at that club. Yeah, fair enough. Because yeah yeah I used to just call that club. Yo yo can I come down tonight? He's like yeah. You can come <laughs> I used to call him every week. Can I come down? He's like man you don't have to keep calling me. Just come you down. Can, just come down. Yes. So I I did that show about two more times. I bombed on that and I think it kind of ended. But I, I like the shows will just end if the people stop coming. Yeah. Or, um, they'll stop producing them. So I found other clubs through through other comedians. Oh, nah, they got this on Monday, this on Tuesday, this on Wednesday. So I was just going out to other clubs and all that other stuff. Um, but that was actually I was going. I wasn't taking it fully seriously. Mm-hmm. So then, by the time my birthday came, I was kind of turning like twenty two. That's when I say I really started. Mm-hmm. Because that's when I was like, all right, I'm going out every night. I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. Wow. And then I just started doing it, just doing it, doing it. But still, the whole year yeah. bombing. Yeah, but you were still doing it. Just doing it. Did like, you have like, during that time? Did you have any thoughts of quitting? And if so, what kept you going? Well, it like when you find something that you know that that's that resonates in your spirit. You you just don't you just I was like. Even though it felt, you know, you don't like vomit, no, because they treat you like you got the plague. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure of what I've seen. Yeah, people don't even want to people don't even want to touch you. I mean, yeah. like when you do good, everybody love you. You know what I'm saying? When you do bad, everybody like, mm. yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, comedians don't really want to talk to you. They be like, don't get none of that shit on me. Yeah, people are just they'll re- they'll look over you and be <laughs> look around you, or, or you could be with another comedian and be like, you was funny. <laughs> talk about the other one. Act like you wasn't even that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or they tell you, hey, just keep working on it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or they just say you was funny or whatever. But um it's a it's a rough, you know, it's rough on your spirit at times. But the thing about it, I just knew I can do this. Mm-hmm. I said I, I said if I couldn't do nothing in the world, you know, I used to play basketball, I could do I could play football, but I would I did like I like football, I like basketball, but this had a different hold on me. Than, than that you know what I'm saying because this is something I would this is what I used to get girls I used yeah. humor to get girls yeah. when I was in trouble I used humor to get out of trouble yeah. you know and the thing is I wasn't even a guy that uh, that like you know people would know that like you had to be around me to know I was funny because mm-hmm. I was a shy guy when mm-hmm. I grew you know you had to be around me so anybody who was around me or knew me and I was comfortable with them then the funny would come yeah. out other than that I was quiet I was watching I was looking and you know like even now I'm not the guy who's always I'm not the loud guy mm-hmm. I'm the guy who's paying attention you know what I'm saying I sit back and I watch and um, and then I, and I absorb certain things and that's what helps me to develop whatever characters that I'm doing or or just you know just take in what I need to take in in order to uh, process it and bring it back out funny, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, to me, everything you do is really about listening. That's how you learn. You listen. You don't like, you know, the, the people who are loud, uh, you know, they don't, they're just, I don't know. They either need attention. I don't know. Or whatever. Oh, that's just what they do. And that's, that's but me, I, I rather sit back, listen, watch and and survey the area, pay attention to what people are doing, seeing what's going on, so I know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. and what I'm, uh, or to what I'm, what I'm really seeing, you know, because the you, loud person. Go ahead. Do you think that having that 
that mentality and just that way of being has helped you in your career? Um, yeah, it definitely has helped me in my career. I mean, it's helped me in my skill. It's just helped me in my life of mm. of, of just watching what's going down. It's like you can see, like if you pay attention, you can see where it's going. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? So once you see where it's going, you go, like, okay, this is what I need to do. Or this is how I head them off at the pass, mm -hmm. you know. But if you're not, if you're just loud and whatever, you don't really know what's happening because you're the center of attention. You can't see or hear nothing around you mm -hmm. because you're you're so busy trying to keep up the the energy or keep up whatever it is you're doing. Like you know what I'm saying. So uh, don't get me wrong. I, I have my fun. I do my thing. But I do like to. Uh, I I rather I like watching and seeing what's going on. So. Um, I can uh, make a good assessment of it. Mm -hmm. So when I'm doing a joke or I'm doing something, I know what I'm talking about. I'm not really just saying anything to make you supposedly laugh. I'm I'm gonna say something to make you laugh, but there's gonna be some truth in it. It's truth and to make you think. Yeah, make yeah. you reflect. Yeah, if you if you're a thinker or if you if you can grasp it, because some people just I just want to laugh, man. I just want. I mean, yeah, we do laugh, but if if you if you think about stuff. The more you know, the funniest stuff is. Definitely. You know? Definitely. So, so when crowds, like, if they don't get me, I just understand that they don't know certain things. Things that you're talking about. Yeah. So, you know, so I always try to take in stuff. So that's why I can uh, play most pretty much on any crowd that speaks English. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and understands English. I can pretty much. You can do it. Yeah, I can do it. Nice. Like, you know. Um, talk about, so, so, so you bombed for a year. Mm -hmm. You turned to 22 now. You committed to it. Say, you know no, what? I was... Yeah, I turned 22. Well, I didn't. I was 20. No, I was 22 when I started. No, I think I was 22 when I started. Then I, then, then, um, yeah. And then, no, did I start the same music? Um, I think I started when I was 22, around 22. And then, and then, or halfway into 21. And then, I turn and then let me see halfway into 21 and then by the time I was 22 I think that's when I really um yeah 22 or 23 I'm not exactly okay. sure but I'm guessing 22 okay um the question was or what I was getting at was after that first year of bombing and you know committing to it <clears throat> what was that next moment that let you know okay now I'm better now now I'm confident I'm even more confident because I'm seeing some success what was that uh, turning point? One. That turning point. What was that turning point after bombing and feeling like even though you were still doing it, you was committed to it. What was that turning point? Like you know what? Okay, I'm good. Um, was it a certain show that you was at that the response was great? Was it a certain comedian or certain person that gave you some props? Well, I'm always. I'm still always. I never feel like I feel like I'm good at what I do, but I still I always feel like I can get better. Definitely. You know, so I'm always reaching for for a better me. Definitely. And, and who I am and what I do. Um, but I noticed, all right, uh, I guess when I started getting paid, um, I started getting paid, but I wasn't looking for pay. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I was just trying to get good. Yeah. And then, um, but I still would have my, like, it's a percentage. Like, you just, your percentage rate goes up. Okay. As as in like your batting average, like you're winning more. Like you know you, you're like basketball. You 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 know your shots. Shot percentage. Yeah. Field goal percentage. Yeah. So, 
the the better your my percentage started getting, then I was like, okay, I got this. Then my percentage got better. But then when I really got better to me is when I under I got more understanding of who I am and what I what I do up there. Mm. You know? Before because at, at the beginning it was um it was more just trying to be funny. You know, so you're just trying to be funny. And then if you if you're growing, you go, what do I want to talk? Wait, what type of funny do I want to be now? Wow. And then it's like, all right, what do I want to talk about now? Mm-hmm. So the first thing was that those my stages. Mm-hmm. But once I started feeling like once I saying, well, okay, what what type of funny am I? Because at first I used to look at comedy and see what gets the most laughs mm-hmm. and mimic that. You know, I'd be like, okay, so physical comedy get the most laughs. Mm-hmm. So let me do more physical comedy. But I'm a thinker. So um, I was just like kind of not doing uh, the best of me, I would say. So then it's like, all right, so what do I want to talk about? All right, cool. So then when I figured, then I learned how to meld the two, uh, a little physical, mm-hmm. physical and um, wittiness, right? So that's where I come from with it. Uh, but that's when I realized I'm getting better mm-hmm. at what I do and, um, and I'm all right. And then also two people are, you know, people was uh, other comics was like becoming, like I became a comics comic. Nice. Like when you become a comics comic, you you that means you you're at a certain level of funny. Like because comics, we see so much comedy, we laugh. We don't hardly laugh at much, you know. Not that they may not even be funny. Mm -hmm. We can see something that's funny and be like, "Yo, that was funny." Mm -hmm. And and I mean, just in our mind. But then when if you could break through that with that's funny, or you just like, then you just become a person. They'd be like, "Yo, (laughs) yo, it's you." They enjoy seeing you and enjoy. And not knowing what you're about to do, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, I think that's what. It is. How did that feel? That becoming a comics comic and having other comedians who maybe you respected and mm-hmm. respect you. What was that feeling like internally? Um, it was official. It's like I'm official. Like you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. official. Like when you become a comic comic, I'm official. Like you know what I'm saying? Not not you don't have to become a comic comic mm-hmm. to be official, mm-hmm. but you know that's just like that's just like a badge that yeah. everybody don't get. Yeah. Everybody don't get that bad. Everybody don't get that stripe. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, and I wasn't going for that. It's mm-hmm. just like I was just, the more I was becoming me. Mm-hmm. Wow. The more I was developing. Because remember, I'm 20, I was a 21, 22. You know, I'm still growing, becoming a person. Yeah. You know, like, as you grow up, you know, you in your 30s, you get a little more. Like, as you get older, you become more of you. You yep. understand. And and long as you become accepting of you, mm-hmm. you become more of you. Wow, you know, definitely. But it, but it was hard, like you know, at birth, you know, I came from foster homes. I never really had too much guidance, so I'm still always, um, like a lot of dudes have, or people, period, have their mothers, their fathers. My mom died when I was 14. Wow, um, uh Plus, I was in foster homes since I was nine, mm-hmm. so I never really had real any guidance. I never really had no one consistently saying this, that, and the third, or just consistent love. You know, so I'm always trying to figure things out. You know what I'm saying? And still to this day, I still like some people have, have my OGs teach me this. I have my mom teach me that. I have my father teach me that. My big brother teach me that. I've never had none of that shit. So I always 
I'm always trying to figure things out myself. So I'm always bumping my own head. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, even when it, you know, come to women, I had to figure that out. You know, I still don't figure that. Nobody knows that. Nobody knows. It's the same, same here. There's, there's a few things you just gotta shut up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> shut up, get the hell out your way. You know, but it, but it's still a certain thing when it comes to women. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things I just don't understand, but I'm I'm still willing to learn. Yeah, learn and grow. And grow nice, you know? nice. So let me ask you. Uh, I mean, before before, how old are you now? Like, how long have you been doing comedy? Professionally, I've been doing comedy like 21 years now. I think this year made it 21 years. Wow. At what point, if any, did you see yourself doing it into your 40s? Like, this something I'm doing. I know that you was confident, you know that you could do it, but did you see 20 years? No, I thought I was going to make it. I thought I was going to blow up in five years. (laughs) Okay. I didn't, I never thought about the future of being older and doing it. I just, was looking at being successful at doing it, mm-hmm. you know, and let me do it sooner or let me do it. But uh, my success, I believe, got derailed because I was th- I was young, as mm-hmm. I said, and I didn't have a I wasn't stupid, but I just I was it was like letting, you know, leaving foster homes, being on my own. It's like letting a, a, a wild animal out yeah. of the cage. Like yeah. I was, like not not having certain training. Having, mm-hmm. I mean, I was a gentle. I'm a I'm a good guy, but also too, I'll just I'll say what I want to say. I'm, um, I'm a pretty frank individual. So, uh, as some people would say, keeping it real, but I I'm I'm just genuine. I'm honest, mm-hmm. you know. But I've learned too what don't need to be said. Mm. And that's where I've learned where I put, you know, I put my foot in my mouth or, yeah. you know, and I see a lot of people do it. You know, certain things don't need to be, I keep it real. You know, some, you don't know that keeping it real can go wrong. That's, that's you know, as they say, they did you know show. <laughs> yes, yes, that's the Dave Chappelle, keeping yeah. it real goes wrong because you are, and I also too, I realized too, there's a level of maturity mm. that comes with shedding up and people, some people don't know how to shut up. You know, because they don't have the maturity to know, shut shut up. You don't have to say, say everything. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I've learned throughout because that has hindered me uh, in my career just from talking too much. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or, or as I would say, just saying or like if somebody says something that I believe is a lie, I'd be like, you're lying. Mm-hmm. Why are you lying? You know, instead I just be like, all right, now, all right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't have to call them out on it. But I'll just know not to deal with them. Yeah. You know, instead of uh, putting the spotlight on their flaw. The flaw. Got it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you can just walk away. You don't have to engage or add fuel to the fire Mm -hmm. or start a fire. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. you just, I've learned to just let people be who they're going to be. Definitely. I don't have to call them out on who they are. Um, But if we make a deal, I'm going to, yes, say, yo, this is what you said. Why aren't you holding up to that part? But accountability. Yes, accountability. Um, and people don't like to handle that. They don't like. But, but either way, I've just learned. I've learned to not do those unnecessary extra things mm-hmm. that create friction or create a problem. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Um, let me ask you: What has been aside from learning that about yourself in in your career? What has been, if you can, the single most? Um, or the single most important thing that has allowed you to do comedy for 20 plus years now. Right? I'm not sure. What do you mean the single most thing that allowed if, if, you? If there's a factor, um, was it your determination? Was it your skills? 
What was well, it? it's the love of it. It's the just like passion. Yeah, passion. It's the love of it. It's just like if I don't do it for a while, I'll be like, I gotta get on the stage. I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta. You know, it's, I love to make people laugh. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I love to people make people laugh. Um, so uh, I would say that's it. You you just love. if you yeah if you if you like even some basketball players if they stop playing basketball professionally they still play basketball. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Singers, if they stop singing, they still sing. Yeah. Like if that's what's within you, you you will still do it. Got it. You know what I'm saying? I Definitely. think so. Um, but also too, once you it also it's addicting too. It's like you know, <laughs> to, to when people laugh. Also, too, I think when people laugh, it's a it's a it's a, a level of acceptance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a level of acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's part of it. Um, also, but mainly the love. The love of it is what really, um, you know, because I've had people come to me at shows and go, yo, we came from a funeral, man. You just really, I wow. needed that. I needed that. Wow. You really changed. You know what I'm saying? And you don't know you're doing all that, but you're doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the things that you do with people and you move people in certain ways, not realizing it. You know what I'm saying? But that's what, you know, those little gems you get out mm-hmm. of it, you know. Nuggets of happiness. Definitely. Yeah. Where um when did the acting come into play? How did that whole thing work out? Well, the acting is just like a part of the. You don't have to act, mm-hmm. but you know, when you to kind of elevate and grow your career, you gotta you know step into another field that highlights you more. Mm-hmm. You know, because stand up you could be highlighted, but if you start acting. People, I believe, they see you more often, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, also, it's another skill. But the um, the acting came into play with just being funny and people want to have you in their stuff or want you to be a part. Mm-hmm. They want you to be a part of something they're doing, you know. So if they enjoy you, mm-hmm. you get to be a part, you know, you get to be a part of what they're doing. So they say, yo, uh, I got this film, I'm working on this, whatever. Yo, I'd love for you to be a part of it, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Uh, i be like, all right, cool. You know, nice. you need a script. And then, yeah. you know, you, you, depending on you, yeah. uh, whatever skill level of acting you're at, pretty much comedians have a little sensibility when it comes to acting. Mm-hmm. But then there's, you know, you still got to go get some training, I believe. To, Definitely. To be like a bit more official, mm-hmm. you know. What has been, in the 20 years in your career, what has been the most challenging experience or challenging moments? Um, well, learning that, uh, learning <laughs> that, well, learning to be on, to enjoy the journey, right? That's, you know, instead of, you know, because I started, you know, you start looking at people achieving things Mm -hmm. and you feel like you should be there too Mm -hmm. or or have something somewhat of the same thing but life doesn't act doesn't it's not like that you know you don't get what everybody else gets Mm -hmm. they get what they get you get what you get you know but you the the tough part is thinking that i'm supposed to get what they get or i'm supposed to have more than they have Mm -hmm. because of i work harder or or i think i'm funnier but life doesn't work like that, you know. So learning that was the toughest part uh, to to grasp that because it can it can make you very frustrated and aggravated because you think you're supposed to be somewhere, 
Um, but at the same time, there was a lot of maturity I had to go through mm-hmm. myself. You know, a lot of maturity I had to uh, gather because I just, you know, I'm still, I'm still growing. I'm still, Definitely. there's still maturity that I'm, you know, and I'll be like, hey, okay, Kareem, what are, what, are, what are you mad at that for? Or why are you, mm-hmm. you know, you know, why are you investing in that? Mm-hmm. Why are you investing your energy in that or whatever it is? So there was a lot of like, uh, they say somebody would tell, as I would say, somebody would tell me something. They were like, all right, meet me here. I remember this lady one time. She's like, meet me here. You don't you give me your stuff like like my headshot mm-hmm. resume and all of that. I'm like, okay, I'm on the road, on the go. Mm-hmm. Uh, things are moving ahead. But then she, you know, I'd get to the place and she'd be like, um, she'd be like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna make it. I'm like, yo, why the fuck? Yeah, you why? know, you know what I'm saying? Why would you tell me that? You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. just a regular me, like what, what, you know. But that's the way people operate on some fuck, fuck your time stuff. Like, and that's not okay. That's not okay. You know. Uh, but I had to learn, like, you know, this is not, that's not how you respond to that. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I had to learn how to respond to people with less, you know, I'm an emotional dude. I'm a cancer, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, uh, but though, though that was one of the tough, toughest things I had to learn that uh, um, my journey is not going to be everybody else's journey mm-hmm. uh, or their journey is not mm-hmm. going to be my journey rather. Mm-hmm. So... Just learn to focus on my journey, focus on what I'm doing, focus on, you know, uh, what I'm trying to achieve because anything else, you know, it, you just start to go crazy. Definitely. You know, Definitely. You start to go Definitely. And what, on the flip side, what has been the most rewarding moment what, um, of the last 20 years in your career? Most rewarding. Uh, I, I would say one of my finer moments, I mean, I... I think when I've I've gone places in won things like I've been on the Apollo, I won yes. like two times, mm-hmm. um, and that's a tough audience to to win that. <laughs> you gotta be, you know what I'm saying? You gotta be, you gotta be good. Pretty, you gotta be dope. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be dope. And that was way earlier in my career. I, I remember. You know what I'm saying? Um, Let me then, it, then, then I went to L.A. Not L.A. Um, what was it o- Oakland? Um, Oakland. Right, it's called the Bay Area. Is that Oakland? Oakland. Yeah, Bay Area Comedy Competition. Right. Um, I don't know if that's California, but it's Oakland, right? The Bay Area co- uh, Comedy Competition, and I won that. I beat over seventy comedians wow. around the country. Wow. I won the whole thing, wow. and I didn't. You know, I mean, I went out there and I did my thing, and that was a big moment. Like, and that was in '09. That was a big moment wow. there. Because I was like an anomaly. No one really knew me. No one. It was like, who is this dude? Uh-huh. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I beat out people from Chicago, from Detroit, wherever they was from. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I came home with with the trophy. Nice. You know what I'm saying? So that was a big one. Um, and the other big things are just like me ending up on TV without auditioning. Wow. You know, I'll be somewhere performing in the clubs. I'm like, like Bill Bellamy. I did Who uh-huh. Got Jokes. Nice. He, um, I was performing one night. Um, uh, it was, the crowd was light. I did my thing. I mean, it was really very light, like mm-hmm. two, maybe two rows light of people. Wow. You know what I'm saying? In Caroline's, um, Bill Bellamy happy to be there. Be like, yo, I got, he was like, yo, I got this TV show, man. You heard? I was like, nah, what is it? And then he was like, yo, da 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 da. He's like, I want you to be on it. And then he's like, uh, he's like, it's all filled, but you can be uh, a standby. 
So we went to D.C. Uh, he's like, can you get to D.C.? I said, yeah, well, sure. So, but they ended up flying me there. Yeah, so nice. they flying me to D.C. Everybody showed up, so I didn't make it. I was like, ah. So then they went to Alabama. Everybody showed up. I was like, ah. But somebody did something they wasn't supposed to do in the competition, and they got kicked out. He was like, Kareem, you up. Nice. Boom. Now, <laughs> you know, because I was sitting back like I had my tie all loose. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh did I have my tie loose? No, no, no. I had my, I had, I had, when everybody showed up, I just kind of started taking over my jacket. <laughs> you know, I done gave up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, well, I was done, I thought. Then he's like, no, so, so she left the building. They weren't supposed to do that. So that they didn't do well on stage, plus yeah. they left the building. So then I put, you know, I, they was like, Kareem, you up. They got, boom, boom, put that on. Went out there, won that. Nice. Like, you know what I'm saying? Then I went to Germany with them. So, I mean, I didn't win the whole competition, wow. but. Germany? Yeah, I've been to Germany. I've been nice. to Japan. I've been to Amsterdam. I've been to. A lot of different places. I've been to uh, Soviet Union. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How did, how did, how did. Hawaii. I, I want to go there real quick. Being a young guy who went through everything that you went through. Mm-hmm. Right. Who, if we're going to be honest, a, a lot of people who go through some of the stuff you went through, foster care, mm-hmm. you know, parent dying when they're young. Mm-hmm. Even if they do pursue their dreams, they don't make it to the top mm-hmm. or they don't make it to certain places. How did that feel being a young, being a man? Who came from your background? Who mm-hmm. was now you're in another country doing comedy? What was that feeling like? Oh, it was it was amazing. It used to be. I used to be when I was living out here in Queensbridge. I used to be. That's when I first started leaving the country. Wow. You know. Um, and the crazy thing is, like, oh, I, I missed out on a part. I meant to tell you, like, when I was living in Brooklyn, I had when I left foster homes. I was living in Brooklyn. Had the baby. Um, me and a lady started going through it, breaking up. I had caught a drug case because mm. I was just like, I was cutting hair out my, out my apartment trying to, you know, make some ends meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, some dude was like, yo, man, he wants to make some money. It was like the devil showing up at my house. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was like, all right, whatever. You know, I've never sold drugs before. Yeah. I never, because I was like, in my mind, I was like, I never want to do that. Never yeah. have to. But, you know, and I, then it made me understand how when times get tight, you do desperate things. things. You know what I'm saying? So, because um, at first I used to didn't understand the drug dealer. I mean, I knew they were doing, but I was just like, you know, you, there's always other ways. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was just in a position, just had the baby, just had, you know, the pressure. So I was just like, yeah, all right, let me go do that. Um, and I wasn't built for that. <laughs> I was not built for that. You know what I'm saying? Um, plus, you know, I started around 21. You know, normally people start like 18. Teenagers, yeah. Yeah, so they, they, it's ingrained in them and they got the flow of them. But it's like at 21, it's just like, you can't be... I mean, you started 21, you're like an old new nigga. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In the <laughs> yeah. game, right? Definitely. So I got caught a case, um, and I wasn't even supposed to be leaving the country. Wow. So I, I'm on probation going to Amsterdam. Amazing. And the airport scared <laughs> to death. Like, I hope, I, hope, I hope these niggas don't see my... <laughs> wow. I hope this don't pop up in the wrong way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm not even supposed to leave the state, let alone the country. country. So I used to be sitting in Amsterdam just feel I'm like, man, no, niggas don't even know where I'm at. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm just smoking weed in Amsterdam yeah. and just chilling, like doing on two weeks, doing TV. Sh- I did a TV show over there. Wow. Um, so it was an, it's an amazing feeling to have the life I've lived uh, after going through the things I was going through. Because mm-hmm. I used to be upset with God. I used to be like, yo, why would you put me through this? If You know, I don't understand. Why would you bring me here to put me through this? I used to be upset, mm. you know, like with God, like just because I didn't understand it. You know, my mom's passing away and me being in foster homes. You know, I went through a lot of physical and mental abuse in those foster homes. Um, even prior with my mom, I went through a lot of physical and mental abuse. But, you know, uh, I, I say to myself, I say, if I was a killer, 
It wouldn't make sense. If I was a, a, a mass murderer. It would make sense. It would make sense after the life I've lived. But mm-hmm. instead, I flipped it and decided, yo, I'd rather make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Not even I'd rather. I mean, like, this is what I like to do. Mm-hmm. So I just push towards the positive instead well, of the I'm, negative. You know what I'm saying? Even though I still got my demons. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, we but, still got our stuff. Um, what was that thought process being <laughs> being on probation, mm-hmm. not supposed to leave, and leaving? Was it like f it, whatever happens, happens, or did you, or did you actually believe that nothing would happen? I, it was always a po- I always had the possibility. I was nervous. I told you in the yeah, airport. airport. I was like, yo, shit. I, when I, when I, you know, when when it's time to you know do your passport thing, you like, mm-hmm. I hope everything goes well. You know, I'm hoping it doesn't show up. But I was on probation. It was light probation, light probation. from that drug. Yeah. You know, when I say light, it's because I had to, I had to go in like either once a month or every other week, mm-hmm. and I had to just stick my hand in a scanner. Yep. And I didn't have to report to a person. Okay, got it. You know, um, and I don't think I really had to take piss tests. If I did, maybe one. I don't know, but I don't. I don't think I really had to take a piss test. Mm-hmm. So it was just like stick your hand in there, blue, 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 blue. Uh, and then you leave. Got it. You know? Yeah. So it wasn't like uh, with other people with probation officers or parole, whatever. I didn't have none of that. So it was pretty cool. It wasn't, it wasn't cool, but it was better than what other people had to go through. Mm-hmm. You know? So, but I, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I was lightly stressed, but I was just like, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to do this. The chips, I always like the chips going to fall where they may, but I'm not going to not do this. I'm not going to not go to Amsterdam. And regret it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going, you know what I'm saying? Not go to this place, you know, yeah. Bahamas or, or, or what is this other place? That was, uh, uh, I forgot. What, is it not Bahamas. There's another place. Too. I've been to Bahamas, but that was just on vacation. But there was another place I went to perform. I can't. I it's can't Hawaii? remember. Yeah, I've done Hawaii. Nice. But there's this other place. I can't even remember it. Uh, shit. It's, a, it's one of them <laughs> little Caribbean islands. Got it. Um, at any point in your traveling, particularly in other countries, was there any, like, did you reflect? And like, yo, like, I'm, I'm, I'm really here and I really overcame or I really grew through some of the stuff that I went through. Like, what was that feeling being in another country, knowing what you're going through and knowing that you're still not, you know, you're still on a journey and you're still growing and you're still getting better? I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just living. Nice. You know, I wasn't thinking about I'm on a journey. I was like this. This stuff came on a little further. You know, when, when I started reading more, I started. You know, I used to read. I like to read, um, but I used to read like Donald Goins and other. Yep. But then when I started reading like more self help books, uh, there's a great book, Conversations with God. It's just mm. like very good by Neil Donald Walsh. Uh, I read the first and the third one. Those are pretty good. Um, and it's basically the questions we would ask God or the questions we would ask ourselves, like, what, why am I here or why is this happening or whatever? You know what I'm saying? You, I would do that stuff. That stuff is what helped me understand or, or look deeper into life or, you know, have a different perspective on like, you know, on what I'm supposed to be doing or where I'm going or what life is supposed to be. You know, for me, mm-hmm. like it's like, don't overthink it. Just try to keep your promises to yourself. You know, that's, that's a big one. That's a big one. I just recently learned that, you know, because we're going to come to self esteem and yep. confidence, things like that. Keeping your promise to yourself is one of the biggest things that affect 
your self-esteem and your confidence. Definitely. And that goes back to something you said earlier, dealing with other people, accountability. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we want others to be accountable, but we're not accountable to ourselves. Yes. We say, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to do A, B, and C. And then when we don't do it, we make excuses. Oh, I was tired. Oh, I was sick. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, my mother wasn't there. Oh, my father wasn't there. Right. Oh, it was raining outside. Right. I've, I've, I've done it. Right. Right. Oh, I'm so much better at it now, but I, I've done it and I've seen other people do it. And I know that that is one of the things that keeps us from living the life that we dream of. Right. The lack of accountability and keeping our promise to ourselves. Right. Um, let me ask you, man, what's next? I mean, where do you see yourself in the next five, 10 years? You know, you're still pretty young. You've been doing it 20 years and you're still pretty young. What's um, up next for Kareem Green? What's up next? Movies, movies and TV. I've done some TV. Not a lot of movies. I did a, a, a I actually did a movie out here with Tahin. Nice, the one that he's doing now. Yes, Equal Standards. Nice, Equal Standards. Yes, I did. I did. A, I did a part in Equal Standards. Nice. Um, I've done. A, you know, I've done something on HBO. I'm just trying to be more into the business. Uh, but I'm. But yes, movies and TV. That's my goal. Movies and TV. I might write a book one day. I don't even know. Sometimes I think. I think. I think you should. I mean, the I'm thing, a writer, so I always think somebody should write a book. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always think you should write He's a book. Like, yeah, you should write a book. Let me write it. All right. All right. Yeah, that's, I mean, but the thing about the book is, to me, it's, uh, I'm not even sure. Like, some people be like, yeah, I'm an open book. I'm not, I'm not an open book yet. Uh, I'm, you know, I just don't want to, sh I don't know. Some stuff you don't want to share. I don't, I'm not ready to share that with everybody or, you know, everything. You know, I, I'll share some of my pains or my feelings. But I don't know. I'm, I don't know how honest I want to be with everybody. Got it. You know, because I just, you know, everyone's judgmental. Everyone's so, judgmental. So, and not that their judgment matters, but I don't want to have to deal with that energy. Got it. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. I don't like, so if I share something with you, I leave myself open to, to start hearing what you think about my life. Yep. And the thing about it is, you weren't there for none of, for no advice. You weren't there for no guidance. You wasn't there for no support. So what the fuck do you have to say about my life that you think is so valid? For like, me. you know, but that's how people are. people are. You know what I'm saying? I even say it on stage. Like sometimes I'll say something I did and people are like, oh, and I'd be like, hey, whoa, 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 you wasn't there to help me. You wasn't here to support me. You wasn't there to guide me. So how dare you judge me? Wow. You know what I'm saying? That's real. And I share that with you, you know, just me being free and being open and honest. And that's what you did with it. You try to make me feel, feel bad. bad about the past. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yet you were there to add nothing. But you're here now to add your judgment. judgment. Not even to say, wow, good job. You you, you made it. And yeah. You figured it out. Like, right. Yeah. You should reinforcement. Yes. Wow. I'm here now, do you know what I'm saying? But that's how people are. So Definitely. I don't like to give people that ammo to even come at me with that toxin, Definitely. you know, because they turn your positive into a negative. negative. That's what they try to do. So I try not to um, give them whatever it is that they, you know, I, I don't give people ammo. I try not to give, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I just be quiet. I listen. And when I normally respond to people, it's uh, in a sense of uh, uh, reflection or perspective. You know, like like that's how you see it. But look at uh, look at what I've done now, or look at how you're looking at something. When if you was in this position, 
Well, you can't even always tell people if you was in this position yeah. because people always got the proper answer when they're. But in no the one position. knows what they would do. No, to the, in that position, everybody everybody knows how they're gonna have a fight, how they're gonna fight until they get, <laughs> until hit. They get hit. Yeah, <laughs> everybody knows. Well, I'm do this and I'm do that and I'm gonna swing. And bah! Oh, wait a minute, hold on. Yep, you gotta press all the buttons. You know what I'm saying? Like no, so for real, yeah, that's real. You oh know, man, um, even relationships. I'm like, yo, yo, you know what I'm saying? I'm a love a girl. <laughs> get your heart broke, or she do something wild, or, or something that you feel that was disrespectful. You might lose it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You think you're the greatest dude in the world, you know, until, you know, real life show up. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Um, man, thank you for thank you for your time and your energy, man. And Thanks for wisdom. having me, man. Um, any any words of encouragement, any tips, words of advice for another black man who may want to get into comedy, who may want to, you know, go on the journey that you went on? Well, my um, knowledge or enlightenment would always be not just about comedy. It's just about... Um, whatever you want to do in life, just start, mm. start, you know, and, uh, and believe in what you believe in, not what people tell you you should believe in or what you can do and can't do. No one, no one has the blueprint of what you can and can't do, but you, Wow. you know, because people will tell you, like when I started comedy, my aunt used to be like, you need to go to college. You need to go. I was like, I don't, I don't think I don't, I went to college for like a two semesters. Two springs. I was like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I don't like this. I'm falling asleep in class. The funny thing about college is the only thing I like in college, I like photography and I like speech. Wow. Speech. Speech was one of my favorite classes because it was basically comedy. Yeah. You know, for me, because yeah. I go up there and I do a speech about, uh, uh, well, they be like, you know, you know, teach us something. And I, and I told them, I told them how to make uh, get donuts. You know, get donuts. Get? Ghetto. Nuts. Get donuts. <laughs> get donuts. donuts. Unbelievable. Get donuts. Yeah. Get donuts. Um, and that's pretty much taking, you know, you go to the biscuit. I mean, you buy a biscuit. <laughs> you know, biscuits. Yeah. You pop. You know, you, you spread it open, make it a donut, shaped like a donut. And then you, 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 you heat up some grease. You get some sugar. And you get some cinnamon. Oh. You put those in a bowl. You shake that up. But you put the donuts in the, in the grease. You let it cook. And uh, you let it fry, cook, whatever, the proper amount. You take it out, put it in the cinnamon and the sugar, shake it up. You got you a get donut. A get donut. Get oh donut. Delicious. And I you mean, showed the class how to make that? Yeah. I mean, we didn't have them. Oh, but stuff, you told but, them. Yes, told I them, told them. them. And, but, but they was laughing. They love it. They, it was funny. just, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because I made it always funny. So that's yeah. what. Um, but yeah, so um, the thing is, like, as I was trying to say, my aunt, I, I, I do have a problem with the way I talk sometimes because I'm all over the place. I have like an ADD. I'll be talking about this and I'll start yeah. going this way and go that way. But either way. I think most of us creatives mm-hmm. that I've experienced do the same thing. I know I do it. Right. Staying on track. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Girl, oh yeah. Sometimes it's tough because one thing leads you to the next. Yes. And especially if you're passionate about all of it, uh-huh. then you have no problem going into something else. And then leaving what you started talking about. And right. It's sometimes a challenge to find your way back. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what, what was I? What was I? <laughs> so um, I said that to say, um, uh, oh, yeah. So she was, my aunt was talking to me about yeah, going to college. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't want to go to college. I don't like college. I don't like school. I mean, I love to learn. I just, you know, sitting down mm-hmm. and just listening to people is just, I don't know, for whatever reason, wherever I'm at. Even in any like classes, when I gotta sit somewhere and just, I just get sleepy. Yeah, I don't know for whatever reason it's, it does not move me. Um, 
and and then and then I don't get the lessons I'm supposed to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the thing is, she was trying to talk me into going to college, and I had to tell her I was like, "Have you ever been to Germany?" She's mm-hmm. like, she just shut up. Wow. And I was like, and I just walked away. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I didn't do, you know, I didn't do that to stun on her. I'm just saying what I'm doing is working. It's working for me. Yeah, it's working for me. Like, you know, but people just are so locked into, you got to go to college yep. education. You got to, they're, they're sheeple. There's a lot of sheeple. People are pre-programmed. And that's what's going on now, too, with this, uh, these, pol- these politically incorrectness mm-hmm. and all these movements or somebody's pissed off of this, pissed off at that is, is because they're sheeple. They don't, people are looking for stuff to be mad at now. Yep. You know, no one's really um, just understanding like some of this shit is, it's, it's whatever. It's not, you know, and let. It doesn't deserve your energy. Yes. It don't deserve your energy and live and let live. Nobody wants nobody else to live. Everybody wants you to live in their world. Yep. For them. Yeah. I can't, you know, this is my world and your world and we both can coexist. Um, but you act like everything I do is affecting your life. It's not. It's not. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't make your choices for you. I don't decide nothing for you. Um, I don't. I don't. I'm not giving or taking anything away from you. The most I'm giving is, you know, a, another perspective. You, you can take it and build off of it and be enlightened, mm-hmm. or you can, you know, or you you, you can hate it and, and but just keep it moving, or you can just not even listen to it. Yep. But to lash out on people on their perspective of life, that's insane. It's a, people don't understand. Everyone's going insane because they think they have the right to tell other people what they can say and how they can feel. You know, people feel a certain way because of their their life, not because of your life. You know, but no one understands that. You know, no one understands that. And people think just because they're loud, they're right. You're, just because you loud, that, you're just loudly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> not, <laughs> For real. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Wow. Um, lastly, man, where can we find you? Where can the people find you, man? Um, any shows coming up, you know, on your social media? Well, at Kareem Green 21 is my Instagram. That's where I normally be at. Instagram. I'm hardly on Twitter. Um, I'm hardly on, uh, Facebook. I'm more, uh, my, the way it goes is I'm on Twitter. No, Instagram, Facebook, then Twitter. Those are my, the way I, Platforms. Deal. Yeah, those are the platforms I'm on, but those are the way, that's how I deal with them in that order. Okay. You know, Instagram is more fun to me. It's more simple. It's more entertaining. Um, Facebook is kind of a lot of pointless chatter, Um, but it's still a platform. Uh, And and, and, and Twitter is the, the, my opinion counts platform. (laughs) Yep. My thoughts are law, or I make more sense than everyone in the world. Uh, that's what Twitter is to me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm brilliant. You're not Twitter. You know, mm-hmm. or how dare you Twitter? You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's a place to be pissed off and 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 I'm the shit too at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, but yeah, but Kareem Green 21 is Instagram. Got it. Uh, Kareem Green on Twitter and Facebook. You know, Got so it. those are my my handles on both of them. But Kareem Green 21, the number 21. On Instagram, and that's where you at. That's about yeah. That's where people normally, if they want to contact me, they DM me. Um, they can they can inbox me on Facebook too. Twitter, is, you you may, but I I I most likely miss it. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Because I hardly ever go on Twitter. Um, every I'm going a little more on it now, but 
is I feel like Twitter is a place where you that's where you go to get in trouble. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You do because you you know people say stuff. I've never really seen people in trouble be like the post they wrote on Facebook. Yeah, it's normally it's Twitter. Twitter. You're right. It's normally on Twitter. You're right. The, 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 wow. the thing they posted on Instagram. No, it's, it's what Twitter, you read on Twitter. on Twitter. Yes, you read that on Twitter. It's a done deal. People are losing jobs. Everything <laughs> losing on jobs, Twitter. You're right. Yes, everything on Twitter. People, people, are, people are throwing their life away. Throwing their, everybody's outed. All kind of businesses being. You know what I'm saying? He beat me on Twitter. Wow. Uh, everything is a. Uh, Twitter is a very people really got their ear to Twitter. So really, um, and a lot of the, the shenanigans come through Twitter. Definitely. So. Well, Brother Kareem Green, man, again, thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy, man. Thank you for your dedication and your career, you know, um, inspiring a younger brother like myself to just keep going. Just keep going. You know, um, one thing you said that stood out for me is Mm -hmm. live your life for you. Yeah. Live your life for you and not for others, man. And I think that those who listen can take that. Right? I think so many of us, especially in 2018, going in 2019, mm-hmm. we're living for others. We're living for our spouse. We're living for our parents. We're living for, for our supervisors. Gram. We're living for the gram. <laughs> but literally, people are literally living for people they don't even know and right. they'll never know. Yeah. And they're basing their, their life and their actions on what another person is going to think. And yeah. I think that's one of the biggest ways to um be miserable and unhappy. Yeah. How you look in someone else's eyes and you got to, you know... To me, your character and your integrity is should be uh, intact with how you want to be in life, not how you want them to think you be. Because whatever you actually be is what they'll actually see. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Yes, but if you, you, it, you keep creating smoke and mirrors, it's like you're living a double life. Yep. That takes a lot of energy to I'm live sure. a double life. And then the people that they... The worst thing... I heard Jay-Z say this before... Uh, I said, uh, one of the worst things to be is famous for not for who you're not. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Because at some point, you're going to have to be you. have to be you. Yeah. And then people will be like, who the hell is this? You know what I'm saying? Wow. But if you just be you, you know, they'll get to know you and then they can hate or love it. But at least you're cool with you. You know, awesome. you don't have to like shed all the nonsense that you created for yourself. And then it's like starting all over again, mm-hmm. being yourself and then. Finding out who really likes you yeah. and finding out, you know what I'm saying? Or do they like the character that you supposedly became. Wow. You know? Well, brother, thank you for being real. Thank you for being you, man. Appreciate you. Thank you Everybody for having me, Everybody check out brother Kareem Green, Kareem Green 21 on Instagram, man. Hit him up. Black Men Working. Black Men Working Podcast. Peace. <laughs>